Hi everyone, it's Matt Bloomfield at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, the second officially in our series of uh, Bob in America uh, with... Uh, with Stars and Stripes. Uh, the first one, I guess, we couldn't speak to uh, him because he was on a plane. Uh, the second one we spoke to him, he was in Arizona. This week, we find you in... Good afternoon from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Because you're six hours behind, aren't you? I am now six hours behind, yes. Uh, I am in the home state of the Kuhig family, um, and I am actually going along to see Rob and Missy later on today. Uh, but you won't hear that tonight. You will hear that on next week's show. This is very exciting, though, because this is, the, um, in, in essence, the culmination of your visit. It is, yeah. Uh, and to be here in the sort of spiritual home of the worldwide Wiccan Wanderers phenomenon, although I have to say that I have been wearing my Wiccan Wanderers. I, I've, I've only been here for about the last 24 hours, uh, and I have been wearing my Wiccan Wanderers tops. Um, not just one top, I have got more than one top. Uh, don't worry, I'm not, I'm not particularly smelly or anything. Um, but, but so far, nobody has said anything about my Wiccan Wanderers top, so I'm a bit sad. It's just a matter of time, though. I don't, I don't, that's what I think. Definitely, at some point, somebody who hopefully is not a Kuhig is going to say something about my Wicked Wanderer's top. <laughs> I think that, that sounds like something you could actually set up as well. That can, you can actually make that happen and get that recorded as well for next week too. I will, I will do my best to, yes. If anyone says anything, I will be there with my mobile phone ready to press the record button. Just with a Louisiana accent, that's all we want. <laughs> yes, OK. Still to come, this hour we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth speaking after the game against Crew, who, of course, uh, were and still are at uh, bottom of the table. We will be hearing from former player Trevor Bunting. Absolutely, whose dad, Colin Bunting, has also been on the show. We're happy to Indeed, speak to any yes. Buntings, in fact. If, if... <laughs> Get your Buntings out. <laughs> and Trevor's got two sons as well, who, one of whom is also a goalkeeper. Well, there you go. You know, I'm, I'm sure that we could manage to shoehorn them into the Wicked Wonder show somehow. A regular bunting feature, I reckon. That's what we should have. Um, Indeed. <laughs> and also, we'll be catching up with Ian Horswell, who is the chief executive of Jersey Bulls. Who are playing at Adams Park. Next Saturday. In case you're wondering why we're just suddenly speaking to somebody from Jersey Bulls. <laughs> this is our series of random, random uh, uh, chief executives of other football clubs. Indeed, yes. Next week we'll speak to the guy from Guernsey. No, not really. Um, uh, but yeah, really nice that actually the, the club are hosting Jersey Bulls. No, absolutely. And we'll hear the connection uh, coming up a bit later on with Ian. And of course, we'll hear from uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, when we spoke to him earlier on today or in uh, Bob's, <laughs> Bob's time zone overnight. Uh, indeed, yes. Um, and also after the crew game, of course, uh, which I did actually manage to watch out here. Um, and, and it was rather splendid. It was slightly nervy when, of course, crew pulled one back and you were thinking, oh, no. But actually, no, it was, it was all fine. Um, and that man, Lewis Wing, getting two goals. Uh, both of them incredibly well taken. Uh, I, I was particularly impressed with his first one, uh, which he probably wasn't expecting because, of course, crew made a slight mistake by passing to him. Um, and he, he, he smashed it in the back of the net. So what are your early thoughts of Mr. Wing? Uh, very, very impressed so far. Um, he's, he's one of those unusual players. Because he's so tall, you sort of expect him to be a bit, bit gangly and a bit sort of like clumsy. Uh, I, I'm probably speaking about myself here. Uh, and even maybe you, Colin. Uh, Guilty. <laughs> but he's not like that. He's not like that at all. He's, you know, he's very, very coordinated. Uh, looks really, really good. Definitely a very good find. And Sam Vokes as well seems to really stand out in the last few games especially. Yeah, definitely as well. So Sam Vokes, of course, got the, the opener. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's... You slightly feel, and I am touching a bit of wood, or it might be four micro, I'm not quite sure, um, 
that it's suddenly that it's all coming together maybe um unfortunate that the results uh then the the other day uh meant to actually be dropped back out of the playoffs but you know but even so we're 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 in the right position uh for the right time of the season because I didn't dare say this when I spoke to Gareth earlier, but I happened to see uh, on social media there was a, a Twitter account who, who did a bit of a forecast as to how many points they thought uh, Wickham would get for the remainder of the season, and their forecast was 19. Oh, OK. That sure, that, and did they then say that that would put us safely into the playoffs? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we're going to be OK. I, I think we'll be there. Because it does and seem I a bit think, of a shame know, that the exactly- automatics seem a bit out of reach, don't they, I think? Yeah, yeah, that that is true. But you know, fair play to Rotherham. They, you know, they they have sort of like pressed on. Um, and yes, I wondered whether maybe Wigan's sort of like you know the fact that Wigan at some point seemed to have about a hundred games in hand over everybody else would come to backfire on them. But it doesn't really look like it is. Um, and annoyingly, that that lot up up the the other end of the county um, that aren't even really in Buckinghamshire anymore um, look like they're doing quite well as well. So pressed on, they're another team, aren't they entirely? <laughs> yes, yes, I think they are. Um, nice to see that other team that are rivals of ours uh, are from the county of Cambridgeshire. Um, so, what was that phrase? Stinking out to the bottom of the championship at the moment. <laughs> that, that did make me smile somewhat. Very, very good. <laughs> Our show is becoming code all of a sudden. Yes, if you, if you, <laughs> you probably know what all that means. If you if you're a regular follower of uh, of well, what was League One football, and as you say, for them now, championship football. Yes, yeah, but but maybe not for much longer. No, absolutely. Um, I, I read another comment that uh, Wickham could be playing Everton next season, which I thought was quite funny as well. <laughs> that would be very, very entertaining. Frank Lampard's Everton, as you have to refer to them, of course. Yes, absolutely. Although by that stage, they might not be Frank Lampard's Everton anymore. No, indeed. No, there's anything can happen between now and then, couldn't it, really? Well, yes, uh, that, that's very true. On so many um, levels. Uh, but no, going back to the the crew game, you know, j- just a, a, a decent performance, uh, um, you know, on top of the, the the win previously as well. Just just good to see that finally, you know, we're 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 back in that sort of winning momentum. And Ryan Tafasoli, a bit of a, a a concern for him initially. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, very, very nice um, to to see that you know the, that he's sort of back and 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 looking happy in the side. Uh, be nice if we could have the chance uh, uh, coming back from Christmas uh, about twelve years <laughs> old, uh, because I am very much missing that. And Gareth, of course, named an unchanged side on Saturday, which I think is a really good sign, isn't it? That that things are getting a bit settled. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as I said last week, I do think actually we we do look more settled when we play Mametti uh, from the beginning. I think he prefers playing from the beginning. Um, as, as I think I said last week, I always get the impression that if he comes on as a substitute, he slightly feels that he has to do everything that he'd normally do in ninety minutes in the time that he does. You know, in the time that then he comes on, uh, whereas he always looks a lot more relaxed um, actually when when he plays the whole ninety minutes. Um, and you know, def- definitely, um, I, I know that he came off right at the very end. Uh, by the way, uh, against Crew, um, but you know, definitely, yeah, we're looking like a much more settled side at the minute. Back to back wins. Uh, the latest, of course, being at Crew. Uh, let's hear now from manager Gareth Ainsworth, who spoke to Phil after the game on his 500th game in charge. That's Gareth, not Phil. Wow, you know, uh, and it was uh, a little bit hairy in that second half because uh, we've got nothing to lose, Crew. You know, they're a real dangerous animal. When when a team's like that, and and they're losing two one, and the bottom of the league, and they need points desperately they're going to chuck everything at you and their centre half started striding through and they threw a bit of caution to the wind and that's how they got their goal back if unfair um, but you do leave yourself open with that and it was a real balancing act of 
can we score on the counter which eventually we did uh, and can we can we keep it tight at the back there and uh, you know I had to make one or two changes and, and uh, a formation change as well uh, which really helped yeah I'm just really pleased with the win you know it's a, it's a fantastic memento for me um, but more so it's a, it's a win that gets us back in the playoffs which is where we want to be Tune the up and saw the game out after what happened in February. That must have really pleased you as well. <laughs> Listen, I was I was up in a few games and uh, we didn't see it out, so I was uh, I was desperate to see this one out. And like I say, crew came at us. You know, they've got some real good young talent with loads of energy, loads of energy. And so at the end there, they're still running, they're still driving forward. You know, I think the, the fans were a bit harsh on them because they're a young side. They've sold some good players here. Um, I'm not sure, you know, they've been given too much to replace those players. So, you know, they are a victim of probably their own success coming up because they were fantastic last season. Um, but it just shows the gaps in football and what you need to do to survive. But on to back to us, I, I was really, really pleased. And Lewis Wing come up with what I know he can do. Jack Young getting a, a day before us. You know, I'm leaving Dominic Gape and Sully Kaikai at home, you know, Dom, just because obviously he's, he's been out for so long, we don't want to risk him. And, and Sully just squad rotation because of the, the strength of that bench in the second half and they were all needed by the way you know so Chris Farino's come on and, and done well wheels as you always does you know but it was a real a real team performance today I was nervous because I got one or two messages before the game that I didn't know about that were played in the team meeting by uh, Dobbo Stopman meeting and Josh Hart the analyst put some messages on from from some people in my career and uh, and sometimes you know you get that balloon burst at the end but today we inflated it a little bit more at the end and thank you for the fans they were they were giving a brilliant reception and thank you to the boys because they've really done me proud on uh, what is a nice a nice occasion for me but I won't get one of them now until another 500 so let's see where we go uh, there was a concussion sub used by Wickham Wanderers today because Ryan Sapp was only his final touch of the game but he didn't know much about it I've seen it on the replay the shot came in it struck him on the head yeah. um, but a vital touch but, but he's had to come off yeah if I'm being honest I think they had that one moment where uh, there was a bit of mayhem in the box uh, and Ryan's chucked his body in in front of uh, Daniel Agai's shot I think and it was uh, it was a heroic bit of defending and that's what you get from Ryan Tafferzoli he's coming in he's, he's done us proud uh, he's done himself proud um, we'll have to assess him I know there's a seven day thing I think there's a chance he could be involved uh, for the next game but again I'll, I'll put it down to medical uh, and we won't risk anyone and again I'll have to look to see if it is a concussion but um, I'm not sure what the protocols are we did really well as a team today really well you know from uh, from what we did on Tuesday against Cambridge I wanted to back that up we score goals Phil we do score goals uh, and if we can keep this solidity about us and this this passion and this this work rate that the boys have, have got at the moment and believe me there's more twists and turns to come yet you know we have Rotherham next and uh, Portsmouth not long after that with Fleetwood in between teams will be playing each other all right up to that final that final game top six will be a huge success story for this football club I know we're in the championship last year I know we're a million miles away from where we were but there's still some teams in this league are a million miles, uh, miles away from us and to be involved amongst that is just sensational for Wickham finally 500th game lovely moment at the end you went across to the Wickham fans you travelled in big numbers today and they were all singing your name that must have felt very special honestly it's uh, it's, it's really special they've been there right from, from day one I had two players in the team today who played in that first game back uh, back at Dagenham 500 games ago Josh Scott and Anthony Stewart and I'm glad to say that we uh, we weren't beaten 3-0 like that first game with with a bit of mayhem ensuing we were 3-1 worthy winners today um, and I can't thank the fans enough for travelling for getting behind us and yeah I'll have my little moment at the end there cheers 
So, yeah, really nice to hear from Gareth, of course, and uh, so positive, uh, as always, uh, and a real fantastic achievement, 500 games in charge. Yeah, and how nice to win your 500th game as well. You know, you want to win those landmark games, so, so lovely that he has. Um, and here's to the next 500, because, you know, that, that it doesn't sound like an exaggeration to say that actually you could see that happening. Uh, he does seem to be very, very happy here. Um, and whenever any opportunity has come up where you think, oh dear, you know, he's, he's remained our, our manager, which is, is fantastic. And, and long may that continue. You were talking about chance. There was uh, one uh, starting about um, to the tune of the Proclaimers about uh, I would watch 500 <laughs> games, which was, <laughs> which I think the ending needed a bit of work, but it seemed to come across quite well. No, I'm very impressed with that. That you know, that definitely yes, uh, Gareth. Uh, I I would watch, or I have watched 500 games, and I would watch 500 more. That's it. Yeah, you've got it. But more to yeah. the tune of the Proclaimers, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not going to do a Scottish accent uh, in the way that I'm trying very hard not to do a Louisiana accent while I'm at you, rather. No, you're doing very well at that as well. Oh, good. Yes, okay. No, no twang has been picked up yet. No, no, definitely not. No, well, I, I tend to go the other way almost. I tend to be very, very British so that actually, um, they, you know, they, they hopefully they can understand what you're saying because I think if you try and then copy them, they're, they're just like, what on earth is that? Uh, of course, we're, we're really gearing up now uh, for the visit of the league leaders, though, which will, of course, be a real test on Saturday. Yeah, really, really will. Uh, you know, fair play to Rotherham. They're, they do look really good. Uh, obviously, they are very much a, a yo-yo side in that they seem to have been <laughs> been in the... Uh, a bit like doing the hokey-cokey. They're, they're either in the Championship or then they're in League One. Um, but yeah, you know, they are doing uh, exactly what you need to do to get back in the, uh, back in, in the Championship. And, you know, it, it, again, it's just a shame that we're not up there with them. Excellent mention of the hokey cokey, by the way. I was thinking of the conga for some reason, but I'd. <laughs> I'd excellent, yeah. I mean, I probably never ever has someone from America, or who's, who's currently in America, mentioned the hokey cokey in, in quite such a what, deliberate way. Very strangely, out here, it's known as the hokey pokey, which I think sounds a little bit dodgy, and that is true. I haven't made that up. <laughs> Great local knowledge. I also meant to ask as well, because you, you said you've been wearing your, your Wickham top around, around the area. Uh, tell, tell us what you're wearing today. Um, so, so today I have my Wickham top on, um, but it is actually a little bit chilly here. Um, so I went to see the New Orleans Pelicans last night, um, who are the local basketball team. So I have my New Orleans Pelicans hoodie on at the moment. Um, they didn't do very well. They lost to the Orlando Magic um, in, a, in a fairly empty stadium as well, I, which I don't really know why. Uh, and I will ask Rob Kuhig a little bit about that. Um, they're, they're, I was surprised. It was a bit like going along to a, an EFL trophy game. Oh, Yes. <laughs> well, well done to congratulations to Sutton United, by the way. Very yeah, no, impressive very. that they made to the final. If you just tuned in, Bob really is in America. This is, I am, yes, <laughs> this isn't some sort of odd amateur erratics thing. And uh, next week on the show, we'll be chatting. Uh, we'll be hearing from uh, Rob Kuig in his, his natural habitat. Yes, very, very much looking forward to, to speaking to Rob uh, and also speaking to Missy as well. Uh, well, we're, we're on the subject of uh, cups as well. Uh, of course, this week we've heard that our, our Bucks and Bucks semi-final game against Ascot United will be being played on the 22nd of March, kicking off at 7.45pm, uh, being played at Ascot's uh, racecourse uh, ground stadium. Not the one in Wrexham, but the actual racecourse uh, in Ascot, because they play right next door to it. 
You've got some experience of their ground as well. I have, yes. I have been along to see one of their games before. Um, and it is very impressive and a, and a little bit strange in that actually you are right there next to the race course. Um, and if you look sort of, I mean, you're, you're, you're obviously, you're not near one of the big stands or anything. Um, you're sort of like, you know, way, way out to where the horses would be sort of like almost um, as far away from the stand as they can possibly be. But you can then look back and see all of the bits of the, the Royal Ascot um, sort of like course, um, uh, sort of like in the, off in the distance. It, if you haven't been, it's definitely a ground worth going to. This really is some sort of like travel show this week, isn't it? <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, it, it's the new holiday show with Bob. Uh, Still- <laughs> next, next week I'll be going on one of those PGL courses that you could go along <laughs> to on your summer holidays. Still to go on the Wicker Wanderer show this week, we'll hear from former goalkeeper Trevor Bunting. Uh, we'll catch up with Ian Horswell as well, who's the chief executive of Jersey Bulls. So many, <laughs> so many different countries covered this week uh, here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer show, we'll speak to Bob again in America. Uh, we'll speak to Ian in Jersey. We'll speak to Gareth Ainsworth in Marlow Road. Booker uh, a little earlier on today. Not quite so glamorous there, is it? I mean, it's very nice, obviously. <laughs> Excellent facilities at the training ground. Uh, and uh, we'll be previewing, obviously, the uh, the game against Rotherham and we'll reflect on uh, a bit of an anniversary today, uh, 21 years ago, since that Leicester quarter final where Wickham Wanderers reached the semi finals. That's for Bob. Uh, of the FA Cup after that uh, fantastic victory against Leicester. And we spoke to Andy Baird a few weeks ago, you'll recall. Speaking of former players, uh, we had Colin Bunting on the show. His son Trevor, also a goalkeeper for the club in the 80s, uh, a position which he started at uh, at the club at a very young age. I'd been at Southampton since I was 11 and then was there four years and released when I was 14. And um, I was playing for the Wickham District Schools. We were on quite a good run in the Gillette, uh, the English Schools Gillette Trophy. And the Wickham Wanderers manager at the time was Mike Keane. And he'd watched a couple of games. And he um, he approached me and um, wanted me to come um, training. So that was where it started for me, really. Um, I trained regularly for the with the first team. A guy called Timmy Annin was... The reserve team manager and Timmy wasn't afraid to um, blood uh, very young players. We had a very young squad but um, with play- experienced players as well. And I actually made my reserve debut when I was 15 years old so that was where it really started. Timmy was manager for a couple of years there where we won the Suburban League title. Unfortunately Mike Keane left in that period and uh, Paul Bentz and Alan Gain took over who were who were really good to me um, they always kept me involved with the first team when they could while I was playing for the reserves so I was between sort of 80, 84 and 85 I was loaned out to several clubs uh, including Abingdon Town Burnham and Slough Town but I was always keen you know, to play for Wickham if I could. But uh, at the time, uh, Gary Lester was uh, the first-team goalkeeper who we sadly lost recently. So he, were, Gary was probably uh, a three- or four-year period where he was probably the best keeper in the league. But um, Paul Bentz 
he always kept me involved with the team. I went regularly uh, to first team games if, if I wasn't playing for the reserves. And um, I was uh, loaned out to um, Slough and came back to came back to uh, Wickham pre-season 85-86. And um, uh, that was when Slough came in for me and wanted to um, uh, sign me permanently. Like I say, Gary was the first-team goalkeeper and there wasn't much chance of me getting in there because he was playing so well. That was when I transferred over to um, Slough Town. I had to sign. There was a window of about a week and a half, two weeks, uh, before they had a really big FA Cup game. Second round of the FA Cup, we were playing away to... Swansea City so um, I had to get signed quickly to be able to be eligible for the game so at the age of 18 that was my probably the biggest one of the biggest games I'd ever played in was uh, away to Swansea City in the second round of the FA Cup it was 5,000 people there so it was a uh, it was a bit of uh, sort of thrown in at the deep end but it was something that I, I loved and it was great. I had, I had a good game and I think I was man of the match and it was just a great weekend away, although we lost. But it was a fantastic time. <laughs> I mean, I, I always wanted to play for Wickham. I was I'm born and bred Wickham and I wanted to play for, uh, obviously, my local club. But the opportunity came along, so I had to take it, really. And um, I was there for 10 years. Uh, uh, Slough and played um, 416 games, I think it was. And obviously it must have been such a nice feeling as well, following your, following your dad's gloves, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, without dad's support over the years, um, I would have never got the opportunities I had. He was so supportive. Well, but um, mum and dad, um, they used to shepherd me everywhere, so I would have never got the opportunities if it wasn't for them. Yeah, I spent 10 years at Slough, Slough Town, and then... Um, I thought I was going to sort of like, I wasn't going to retire, but um, I have a break from it. But then I got a phone call from the Windsor manager at the time, was Alan Davis, who he he was at um, Slough Town as well when I first went there. And he he asked me to do him a favour for a few games. I ended up um, going over there doing him a favour, but I ended up staying there for seven years as well and uh, playing 250 games for them. <laughs> Oh, it's a fantastic career. You must look back with, with such pride on, on what you've achieved. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I'd, I'd have loved to have played more games for Wickham, but um, things don't always work out, the, you know, the way you want them to. But uh, that's that's football, isn't it? And was it because of your dad that you, you, you became a goalkeeper in the first place? Uh, I guess so. I, I mean, I used to... Um, didn't watch him at Wickham, but um, he, he played for Molin Sports, and I always used to go and watch Dad play for Molin's. But I used when when they he used to train on a Thursday night, I used to go with him, and they I'd go in goal for, in training. So yeah, so I was, I was sort of like thrown in. I, I did start off as an outfield player, but uh, I broke my leg at a very young age, and uh, so 
I decided to go and go after that. And I guess as well, there must be so many sort of standout occasions um, while you're at the club. I was looking through some, some newspaper articles, which are very good. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, there were some things that really stand out, like obviously um, the, the friendly against Tottenham and, and Peter Shreves. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. And that was where Paul Bentz was the manager. Like I said, he, he always kept me involved with the first team when he could. And we had a friendly against Tottenham over at Bisham Abbey. And um, I think Gary played the first half and I played the second. Uh, we got over there expecting to sort of like play against their second string. But uh, it turned out that um, Peter Shreves, who was the manager at the time, he put out the whole first team. So we ended up playing against the likes of uh, Ozzy Ardiles and Glenn Hoddle and Graham Roberts, Chris Hume, Ray Clements. So they all played. Oh, that must be so memorable. And also yeah. a, a tour of Malta that you went on as well. Yeah, we. Uh, I went on three tours with the club. Went to Malta, uh, Portugal and Athens. Um, really memorable times. Um, uh, the, 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 the players at the time really looked after me. I was, I was so young, so I had to learn... I thought I was sort of thrown in the deep end on and off the pitch, you know, with some of the antics that went on off the pitch as well. But they really looked after me, the players like Anton Verkavs, Trevor Howe. Um, yeah, some great people to be around. And uh, Bobby Dell, obviously. Yeah. I mean, speaking to ex-players, which we're fortunate enough to do, it feels like kind of every kind of decade, each, each sort of team feels really special. And, and that kind of period, was that something you felt whilst you were involved with the club? Oh, definitely. Um, I think they, they were, uh, Wickham were progressing at the time. They'd won the Ishmian League and then progressed into what was called the Gola League then, which is the equivalent of the National League now. So it went from the Gola League to the, I think it changed to the Conference and now it's the National. So, yeah, Wickham were progressing. And something else must have been, which must have been especially memorable uh, in your career was being part of a, a Sunday sports team, which was included yeah. Bobby Moore and Emily Hughes. Yeah, well, I was at Slough Town at the time and I'd already played on the Saturday and Alan Davis, who was manager at the time, he, he pulled me after the game and said, oh, do you fancy playing tomorrow? I said, oh, tomorrow? And then he said, yeah, there's a charity game over here and they've invited a couple of the Slough players to play. So I said, fine, yeah. So got over there thinking, obviously, I was going to be playing in goal. Um, got into the change rooms. They had already got a goalkeeper. It was, it was actually Graham Roop, who at the time was the England cricket wicketkeeper. So he played in goal, and uh, yeah, I ended up playing up front with Malcolm McDonald alongside, well, Emily Hughes was playing, and obviously it was a Bobby Moore 11, so Bobby Moore was playing as well, and it was something at the time you sort of looked, took, took for granted, but when you look back on it, uh, it's a memorable time, and uh, something I'm, I'm glad my, my dad kept all the cuttings and programmes. Oh, definitely. All, all to look back on. Yeah, it, it must have been so nice as well for you to be so, sort of considered such a prospect as well. And I, I was reading that the QPR were among the sides that were interested in you. Yeah, when, you were at they, when I was at Wickham, yeah, they they came to uh, watch a few games while I was playing for the reserves. And actually, later later on, they kept they they kept watching me. They offered me a YTS scheme there. 
the YTS scheme was it was replaced from the apprenticeship. Well, the apprenticeship used to be two years, whereas the YTS was only a year. And I'd already started college, and I thought it was more of a sensible decision to stay on <laughs> at college that I'd started. That's just one of those things. I guess it was quite sad for you, in a way, to be leaving the club, because I think there was you and a number of others that sort of left at the same time, wasn't there? Exactly. I, I'd, I always hoped Wickham would come back in for me, but obviously things happen. They, they progress so much. The keeper that came in may have been Paul... I think it was Paul Hyde, and they, he, he was a very good keeper as well. I think he went on to play Football League. But, um, yeah, they progress so much, and... Although Slough, um, I think the year that Wickham got promoted to the Football League, we finished, I do believe we finished third to them. So we pushed them that season, but unfortunately we didn't push on as much as they did. But it was a great experience. Did it feel a bit strange in a way going to Slough? Because obviously people from Wickham didn't didn't seem to really have much uh, fond feelings for Slough. No, I know, but um, there was lots of links with the two clubs because at the time when I went there, uh, Alan Davis was the manager and Mike Keane, he had links with Mike Keane. That was Mike Keane's brother-in-law. So he'd already seen me and knew what I was about. And Alan was also, the. uh, I think he was the assistant with Mike at Wickham. So there was that link with them, and uh, several several other players followed. Actually, the likes of Kenny Wilson uh, came to uh, Slough. I think a lot of the uh, Anton Verkovs he came for a little while. Uh, Mark West, well, after a, a great period at uh, Wickham, he came to Slough. Uh, so there was there was a lot of players that actually came to Slough after their. Um, after their time at Wickham. And you mentioned Paul Hyde and, and Gary Lester, of course, and, and Wickham seem to have had such a, a great record of, of top goalkeepers, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, ever since... Um, I mean, I was brought up with the names from the past, obviously, with with Dad. So I think um, John Maskell took over from Dad. And I think from that sort of period, they were always renowned for having good, uh, good goalkeepers. And that must be something you kind of look out for as well in, in sort of after your time at the club as well. Yeah, I always keep an eye on how how Wickham are doing. I mean, um, I, I now I um, coach at uh, the Fab Football Academy where I coach young goalkeepers. So I'm always um, interested on how, the, how young goalkeepers are doing in the area. I've been doing that for the last 10 years, which has been, which has been great as well. So you're still locally based yourself? Oh yeah, locally based. Yeah, and uh, I, I spend my Saturdays. Um, well, since uh, retiring, packing up, I've I've spent my Saturdays watching my boys. Um, so uh, my son Sam, he was also a goalkeeper. He went to the Fab Football Academy, and uh, my youngest son Callum, he's a centre forward. He went to the Fab Football Academy, and they've they've both had. Unfortunately, Sam doesn't play anymore because of injury but um, Callum's playing um, at Binfield in the Ishmael Southern Central League 
Oh, it's fantastic. So, and so nice to have three generations of goalkeepers as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam actually had a, a short period at, at Wickham as well as an under-14 when they had a you know youth team. But he'd done, he done particularly well. After doing the Fab Academy, he was picked up by St Johnston. And... Um, couldn't have gone any further north, <laughs> but yeah, he had a he, he had a, a short period up there. And just finally, how do you, how do you look back at your time at the club? Oh, fond memories of, of of Wickham. Like I say, I was I was Wickham born. I always wanted to play for the club. But, um, just unfortunate that I didn't play more games for them. But uh, fond people that I met, uh, the likes of Brian Lee, who was chairman at the time he was very good to me uh, and managers uh, Paul Bentz and Mike Keane if it wasn't for them I would have never got the opportunities I had so some great memories it just seems to be something quite unique doesn't it football that you know the, the dressing room and that the players and the camaraderie and the relationship with your teammates but also as you say managers as well yeah definitely I mean, um, it's always interesting to see where they are now and what they're doing you know some of the uh, obviously I get to meet a lot of the players who I played with at um, at the golf days and other events that Alan and uh, John organise for the ex-players which is an absolute fantastic job what they're doing they're doing a great job and it's great for the older you know generation to still keep in touch with the players that they've played with in the past it's, it's great you know I mean I, I was brought up with the, um, all the sort of like dad's era I was brought up with all those names at the sort of like at the dinner table um, uh, the likes of Len Worley and Keith Samuels all those all those names and um, Tony Horseman yeah, all the likes of those I was brought up with um, I do remember when um I was young, very young. I used to go with Dad over to, again, over to Bisham Abbey, where an over-40s league was set up, and uh, Wickham had a team in that. And it was all ex-Wickham players, such as Tony Orsman, Keith Samuels, Dad, Barry Darville, Len Worley. They were all playing. It was it was a great time. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the final part of the Wickham Wanderer show, more from Bob, who, uh, if you've just tuned in, is in Louisiana. If you haven't tuned in, just tune in, he's still in Louisiana. Six hours behind. Huh. He doesn't know what's ahead of him. Uh, also, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, who we spoke to earlier this morning at the training ground. Uh, but first, you might have heard in the news that uh, Jersey Bulls, who are the southernmost uh, team in English football, are uh, looking for a game, a ground to play their home games at whilst their ground is being refurbished. I think that's the correct expression. And uh, they're coming to Adams Park next Saturday when we're coming away to Portsmouth. And I've caught up with uh, their chief executive, Ian, who has uh, the story behind, well, it. Here in Jersey, our stadium, Springfield, it needed to have um, some improvements made to effectively meet the ground grading um, requirements that the FA League um, require for, for a team at our level and the level above. So, so what we're doing, we're having some work done on the, 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 the ground that will make it, uh, you know, future-proof us for, you know, uh, several promotions um, in, into future if that can obviously happen on the pitch. So, um, 
sadly, because it's a government-owned facility, uh, we couldn't control when the grounds works would be completed and they need to be completed by the end of this month so um yeah the diggers have come in and i, I popped down to the stadium last night and all the fences have now gone down um so you know everything's on track to be completed by the end of the month which is super exciting um the downside was we had three home games um that are due to be played in the month of March at home and we couldn't obviously play them there. So, um, you know, we discussed it at board level uh, to understand, you know, what our options could be. Uh, and we're very fortunate. One of our board members is very close to the owners of uh, Wickham uh, and put in a, a polite request to, to, to Rob and Pete to see if there's any chance that uh, Adams Park could be available to the Bulls for a, for a home pitch Um uh, but obviously on the mainland and um, you know we've been working with um, uh, Pete and, and Neil at Wickham and they've been first class and you know they've been able to uh, to help us uh, on this occasion we did look at maybe doing it more than one at Adams Park but uh, yeah we've, we've definitely got one I think you guys are playing the 26 which we'll bat out um, and uh, you know we'll be home the following Saturday on the 2nd of April when our grounds reopen so so it's hugely exciting um, we've, we've still got two games to play before we come to Adams Park so you know, the, the, the football focus is, is very much on Saturday but uh, you know it's going to be a, a huge opportunity to, to, to play at Adams Park so have there been any other challenges in sort of arranging it and obviously getting the team over here? No, this is what we do every other week. So, you know, we travel first thing in the morning on a Saturday. Um, we, we, we get our minibus to take us to whatever ground we're playing at. Um, obviously, we play the game. We literally have a short stay afterwards for a drink and, and some food afterwards. And then, and then we head back to our airport and fly back to Jersey. So we always do it in and out of the day. Um, apart from our midweek fixtures, which again the players take an afternoon off work and, and, and fly over, play our Tuesday night midweek game, and then uh, fly back at 7:30 next morning and, and report straight back into work. So logistically, um, you know, you're only 25 minutes from uh, from Heathrow Airport, so that that works out quite well. We asked permission with the opposition if they were happy to travel to Adams Park, and it was obviously a, a, a yes from Banstead Athletic, um, and it's a great experience for, for both clubs um, that everyone's looking forward to. Tell us a bit about you know, how your season's going and what we can expect from the team. Yeah, no, absolutely. So our team are currently third in the league. Um, there's a very exciting three-horse race for, for, for two promotion spots. Um, and if we win our games in hand, then we would go into one of the automatic pro- promotion spots. So it's a very uh, big, important game for Jersey Bulls. Uh, equally, it's an important game for Banstead Athletic, who are at the opposite end of the table, and uh, you know they're looking for points to stay up. So, so both teams have got things to play for, so that's certainly not anything buttered dead rubber we appreciate Wickham uh, down at uh, Pompey that day and uh, you know we've got our fingers crossed that they come back to uh, to, to Wickham with three points and um, it'll be amazing to see some uh, Wickham fans if they can't get down to Portsmouth for whatever reason if they could get to Adams Park and uh, become a bull for the day then it'll be hugely appreciated and something really nice about raising the profile of your club as well the, the southernmost club in English football Yes, that's that's correct. So we 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 formed as a football club in 2018, and we uh, started playing in 2019. We won all 31 games we played in the 2019-2020 season, uh, and sadly COVID uh, put paid to to that season, whereby we'd won promotion. Uh, the 27 league games. We won off 27. We were mathematically promoted on the fifth, uh, sorry, on the seventh of March, and then we never played the following Saturday because of the pandemic. Now. You know, it was back in the headlines then. Um, you know, we're the only team in you know 
probably world football. You won every single game, won promotion, but it got taken away because of the pandemic, which was a really bitter pill to swallow. One that the club got over. We went again the following season, and again due to COVID and the the escalation of the the pandemic in in the UK, and uh, we only managed to play five games. Again, we won all five, and we were very fortunate that um, FA decided to reorganise the the pyramid a little bit lower down and that, that, that resulted in Jersey Bulls Football Club getting an upward movement. You know, we would have loved to have won a title and had a trophy and medals and so on and so forth but we were rewarded with an upward movement which we delightfully accepted and moved into step five, the tier nine of the English uh, Football League pyramid and, you know, we were on a 24-game unbeaten run in the league. We lost match day one to, to Beckenham which um, they're currently uh, one position above us and sort of in control of the league at the moment. And it was, you know, it was quite a surreal game that day. We hadn't played a, a football fixture for 10 months. Uh, we had no pre-season. Um, so it was a real difficult game. And, and yeah, we went down 1-0 to one of the best teams in the league. So we've been sort of playing catch-up ever since. Um, we're in third at the moment. And, uh, yeah, we really need to uh, keep winning to keep pressure on the top two. And it must be something the players are looking forward to as well, playing a, a ground like Adams Park and also the staff as well to experience the facilities as well. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, we were fortunate to, to visit another EFL ground earlier the, early in the season uh, at Sutton United. Now, obviously, Sutton United have only just moved up uh, from National League to to uh, League Two, um, and we were playing their tenants, uh, Sutton Common Rovers, in the FA Cup, uh, and we managed to play on their new hybrid pitch twice in like four or five days, which was again a really good experience for the for the players and the management. When players have been questioned at some of our sort of uh, fans forum events, um, you know what's the best pitch they've they've played on? They've normally come back and said Gander Green Lane because of the you know the, the beautiful pitch and hybrid. Now to obviously play at Adams Park, that's super exciting. You know it's a large stadium, uh, a lot larger than Gander Green Lane, and you know the guys are um, super excited now. Sutton United have just won through to to, uh, to to Wembley actually this week, so could it be a good omen that uh, Jersey Bulls play on a football league ground that the uh, the uh, host team uh, reach Wembley and we'll, we'll certainly root for Wickham uh, throughout this season as well and hopefully they can do the same. And really nice for you to look forward to you know, your new facilities as well. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, for those people that don't know Jersey, our stadium um, was redeveloped um, in 2015, and it was, you know, um, Football Foundation money that that helps us with that, uh, with this. And one of the stipulations was to put effectively a cage around our sort of 3G pitch, which doesn't make it the most um, uh, pleasurable uh, viewing. So at the moment, all this cage is the cage is now being taken down. We're pushing back the the fencing so we can actually have you know supporters behind the goals. We can have proper segregation. And turnstiles are being inserted. Uh, the screening goes behind, around the uh, outside perimeter of the, the ground, so therefore, you know, you can walk through the, the public park that, that Springfield Stadium is in, and um, you know, you don't see the pitch. That that ticks all the boxes to play, you know, sort of higher level football. Because um, we've got a thousand seater um, stand at Springfield, so it's great for our supporters. Um, we're averaging about 850 at the moment per game, and in obviously a tier nine league which is is the highest across um step five which is great um and yeah no we're looking forward to, to, to coming to adams park and hopefully a few wickham fans will come out and, and support us and you know we can have a similar sort of crowd yeah and we're just it's, it's something something that everybody involved uh, as you said the management the players club officials um and for those people that cannot be in in uh, over in person uh, we'll live stream the game back to jersey so people can watch it back in the island I'm sure that's the Wickham fans as well will adopt Jersey Bulls, their second team as well. 
yeah, we hope so. And these are the kind of things, it's relationship building and, um, you know, off the pitch as well. You know, Wickham are, you know, they've really embraced technology and, and, and that's something that we, we, we like to learn as much as we possibly can from, um, you know, Pete and Neil and other people at the club. Everybody we speak to, obviously, they're a professional club. So we, anything we can learn and raise our club, um, you know, whether an extra 5 or 10% through through whatever whatever method or means, um, that's really, really valuable to us. So, again, you know, our match day announcer will be coming over and, you know, he's, he's using technology at Adams Park that we certainly don't have at Springfield. Um, again, there's a scoreboard. A scoreboard something that we want to be putting in at, uh, at Jersey. So um, there's all these little things that are just, um, you know, really good things that we can uh, learn from, from the guys at Adams Park and, and take back as well. The scoreboard is very impressive. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, we just need a little bit of training on how we use it. We'll probably uh, minimise it uh, to, to goals and time. Um, but, obviously, if there was a Wickham goal down at Fratton Park, then we'd have to make sure that uh, a, go- a goal alert flashes up on there somehow and make sure our stadium announcer doesn't out any goals that uh, Wickham score down on the south coast. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, again... Um, We've, we've developed um, relationships with other professional clubs because, you know, they've come to Jersey and, you know, had a pre-season game here and, and things like that. And, you know, they're definitely the door is uh, uh, open to Gareth and the boys to come down to, um, to, to to Jersey at some point in the future. And, you know, some of the pro clubs that have brought fans down, they've said it's one of their best uh, away days or pre-season matches they've, they've had. So it'd be great, great to have Wickham in Jersey at some point in the future as well. I'm sure uh, that would go down well. No, that sounds fantastic. Well, obviously, I wish you all the best for, for next Saturday. I hope it's a great day. And you get a great result as well, of course. Well, yeah, no, fingers crossed. We're, we're coming for three points. That's the target. And it's really been a pleasure to speak to you. And thanks for having us on. Ian Horswell, who's the chief executive of Jersey Bulls, who are be, will be playing at Adams Park next Saturday, speaking to us here at uh, Wickham Sound. Someone who'll be playing at Adams Park this Saturday, though, is uh, Wickham boss Gareth Ainsworth. He'll be leading a side looking for three straight wins. I uh, spoke to him earlier on today after, well, two straight wins. And uh, you might recall he said on last week's show that uh, you're only as good as your next game. I'm really proud of the boys. The way they've uh, applied themselves in the last two games to to sort of get back on track, if it were. You know, I know uh, the expectation level's been risen here massively. So beating crew in Cambridge uh, is getting back on track. That's great for us. But um, we've got the next game now and, and, and it's true to my statement, you know, um, all I'm thinking about now is, is how we're going to beat Rotherham on Saturday. But we do review the games and Matt Bloomfield does a brilliant presentation every Monday or Tuesday with the boys and goes through, um, he clips the game afterwards, he spends the weekend clipping the game, good and bad bits. And uh, and yeah, just um, awesome to, to reflect and to, and to see the good, the bad. And, uh, and then uh, again, improve for Saturday, which will be a total different test. But um, no, it's brilliant to... Uh, to get the six points out of the last two games. And believe me, we needed them. You know, you look at the results now and uh, it's getting really to the business end of the season, which is uh, which is where we want to be. We know where we where we want to end up and uh, we know what it's going to take. So, um, yeah, really, really pleased to be back to winning ways. How's Ryan been after his injury? Yeah, Ryan's OK. You know, um, it was a suspected concussion and I think he had a problem with his ear. Um, I haven't got the details totally, but um, I know that... Um, he was very unsteady on the pitch, but uh, obviously your ear um, it gives a lot of balance issues, and uh, and I th- uh, you know I think Josh Scone had something very similar earlier in the season. But um, Ryan, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll have to look at him and 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 follow his protocol um, 
but he's uh, yeah, he's up and about, which was great. You know, to lose him would uh, would be a big blow. But we'll uh, we'll see whether we can include him on Saturday or not. And really good for Lewis to get two goals on Saturday, uh, his first since arriving at the club, and, and that really bodes well for for the challenge that awaits on Saturday as well. Yeah, um, you know, Lewis played for Rotherham last year in the Championship, so I know all about him. But um, I've always known that he's got that ability to score from range, and uh, and when you pick it up on the edge of the box, the fans obviously know it because they're always screaming shoots at him. But um, I'm sure he's going to take a few more shots now after that first goal. It was a, it was a brilliant one, but the second one under his feet was just a, as good a finish, you know. And he's a midfielder who scores goals, which are a great commodity to have. Um, uh, I've spoke about what I want to work with him personally on and, uh, and we're, we're going to work on stuff like that. But going forward and, and shooting from the edge of the box, you know, there's, there's nobody better. Uh, he puts uh, some serious whip and dip on the ball, you know, when he hits it and uh, and keepers, uh, you know, very very often get beat by Lewis Wing's uh, strikes. It's just getting him around the edge of the box and getting him on the ball. Um, but uh, he's, uh, he's played some great play in some of our build-up on Saturday and on uh, and I think first half we played some of the best stuff we've played for a long time going forward. And uh, and Lewis, Daryl, Gareth, Jason, you know, and it's all, all at the heart of it there. You know, that right hand side seems to be uh, seems to be going really, you know, like clockwork um, down the left. It was a little, I think, Muslim pickings that pitch as much as anything. You know, crew have this massive stand that um, that shades one side of the pitch, which is, honestly one side is like a beach and one side's like Wembley, and it's uh, it's it's a real tough one to get get used to but um you know I thought first half we were very good going forward and uh and if we can replicate that sort of you know that sort of intensity against Rotherham which we're going to need to do then uh it'll bode well for the game it does set things up really nicely for for Saturday too the, the top teams in the division yeah it's uh, it's a big game obviously you know um two of the probably build as the most physical teams in the division as well as I keep saying I'm not sure about us anymore compared to uh, what we used to be but um, people keep building us as this uh, this big heavy physical side we'll, uh, we'll have to uh, start some challenges on Saturday believe me because uh, rather than my our you know the leaders for a reason. They're very functional. They're, they uh, they've got a good manager. You know they like to get the ball forward into Smith. They put plenty of crosses into the box. You know all these things that we're we're aware of. We're going to have to uh, look out for, manage, and involve some of our stuff on on Rotherham as well. So um, been here before, and uh, I think we've had a decent record against Rotherham in recent years. So I'm looking forward to the game. I was going to say, if anyone knows how to beat Rotherham at Adams Park, it's yourself. I understand you got the winner uh, last time it happened. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, that's, that's great. It's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's a game that uh, obviously means a lot to everyone and, and it's going to be pivotal going into these last nine. Um, but as I always say, you know, going on past glories is, uh, is not something I'll do. It's the next game uh, and the next game is Rotherham and it's a Rotherham side that have been championship, you know, twice over the last three years and, and they want to get back there as well. So we're, we're really looking forward to to the game as always just getting all the boys fit and, and mentally prepared we'll do a video this morning on them and uh, and then you know we'll work hard on some of the little bits that we uh, we think will hurt Rotherham but also be very aware of what's coming because uh, they think they've scored more goals than most teams in, in the four divisions never mind and, and, and conceded the least I think in the football league I think they've got a record at the moment so there's all sorts of records to be uh, to be broken and uh, Adams Park usually comes up trumps on a Saturday afternoon Does it feel like it's really the sort of business end of the season now kind of the last 10 games? It's gone really quick and it always does after Christmas you know that's why you've got to, you've got to keep your consistency throughout the season and uh, 
always everyone's going to have a little blip and the little draws here and, and the four draws that really have really uh, they're the ones I look at and think you know the defeats almost you take on the chin and you think yeah better team won today but um, the draws really were the ones and uh, and two or th- two or four more points here and there would it would make a big difference uh, we're going to have to make them up in this last ten now and uh, I'm forward to it but yeah it's come very quick and uh, with me this last six weeks it goes like a train um, we'll have to be uh, be ready and uh, and be very very rotational in the squad I'm sure because we've got Saturday Tuesday's Easter weekend um, right up to that last bit and uh, I'm hoping there's uh, there's either 10 games in a celebration or there's there's 13 games in a celebration one of those will do me Do you set sort of targets as to points you'd like to achieve or games you'd like to win in that, in that remainder of the season? It's dangerous sometimes games you want to win because if you don't win them you know you don't want a massive downer um, we, we keep a tally you know um Double keeps the tally of, uh, of where we are and, and what what form we're on. And Josh Josh Hart, obviously our analyst, has been fantastic this year. You know, again, it's just been uh, it's just been great with uh, with all the um, the stats and, and the stuff that comes through. So yeah, really good. And just finally, I, I see this week that you spent some time with Eddie Jones, the England rugby union head coach. That must have been a fantastic opportunity to to, to get some tips from him. Yeah, real, real good experience. You know, very lucky to uh, to be able to do things like that. And uh, and Eddie was Eddie was brilliant. You know, some real a good a good forty minutes with him after training uh, and insight into his world and how he works and and what he does and uh, always learning. You know, you've always got to you've always got to take things from everyone. And uh, the sports are different, but the uh, you know the the actual methodology is, is very similar. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I'll definitely be. Uh, Watching the England Island game uh, at the weekend uh, and catching up with bits, but um, I've got one of my own games to get on first. And uh, you know, I wish Eddie all the best and, and thank him for his uh, hospitality. But uh, hopefully, it'll be rub off with, with a with a, a Rotherham victory and uh, sorry, a win, win over Rotherham and, a, and, a, and an England victory as well. That'd be very nice. Great to hear from Gareth and also from Ian Hallswell as well. Um, just to give you the information about the Jersey Bulls game, if you're not going to see Wickham away at Portsmouth on the 19th of March um, and you are in the Wickham area then you can go along to Adams Park uh, to watch Jersey Bulls playing a Banstead Athletic uh, that game kicking off at 3pm As you said it might be a really nice opportunity for people to make Jersey their second team yeah, exactly. It's it's another one of those teams that now that we will be forever linked with, um, and really nice um, to see that actually you know that we are loaning them our stadium. Um, uh, the game being played in the Cherry Red Records Combined Counties Football League Premier Division South. Uh, yeah, yes, it really is uh, that long a title. Uh, Jersey doing well currently, sitting third in the table, whereas Banstead are currently nineteenth. I'm glad they're not mentioning the Class Five football results. I'd never get all that and press for the rest of the fixtures. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does come sort of, sort of uh, something where actually, you know, the the league title is that long. You know, it it should be, so, you know, the, the longest thing in the classified check should be Queen of the South, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Then, then you know you're near the end as well. Uh, really great yeah, to chat yeah. to uh, Dave <laughs> Ward recently true. as well on the show. And Wickham Wanderers were in uh, season finally uh, coming to an end this weekend as well. Yes, so they rearranged game uh, away to that uh, team that sound like an ice hockey uh, outfit, but aren't actually the Winchester City Flyers. Uh, they will be away to them uh, this Sunday um, with a 2pm kickoff. 
And of course, today, uh, the 10th of March, is, is a bit special as well because it's uh, 21 years since that Leicester quarter final. I'm quite impressed that we've managed to get the whole way through the programme without mentioning that. Yes, uh, happy Roy Essendo Day, uh, as, as I think of it. Um, and it's amazing that it's 21 years ago because uh, I can still see all of the images in my mind now. I can see Essendo leaping up to, to head in the goal. Um, Laurie Sanchez, of course, watching on the, the monitor uh, because he'd already then been sent off and then, then running back out onto the pitch. Um, and then fantastically, because if you remember, I think it was Mark Lawrenson who was very, very dismissive of any chance that Wickham had of beating Leicester. Um, and so Laurie Sanchez went along and actually was in the Match of the Day studio um, for, for the edition that night, um, uh, which was a really, really nice thing to do. Um, and yes, uh, I think Mark, Mark Lawrence was probably slightly squirming uh, as Laurie sat there grinning next to him. No, definitely. And of course, we had Andy Baird on the show recently, who was saying, you know, it was such a strange time because they were so short on forwards, which of course is why the appeal went out on either CFAX or Teletext, whichever version, you, or perhaps both, depending on which, which version you, you, you read. But yeah, Roy Essendon seemed to literally come from nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a whole incredible story. Um, and, and as that game approached, you know, we had more and more injuries. So actually, you were wondering very much, you know, who on earth is going to play? Um, and of course, you know, when, when he scored, people were really thinking, well, well, who is this guy? Um, you know, he will be always forever linked uh, with Wickham Wanderers, even though he only played for us a few times. No, absolutely. A real cult hero. I mean, you know, so many sort of cult heroes at clubs, especially at Wickham as well, but very nice to have that link. And obviously uh, the game that that went on to to lead to as well with, um, with that semi-final against Liverpool at Villa Park. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole thing, you know, I mean, I know that the, the whole thing has been written up into a book. So there's the, the Small Town Dreams book, which is all based around Wickham's um, uh, cut run that year. But really, actually, you know, it could be turned into a, a Hollywood film, really. The the fact that, that we managed to then get past Leicester and, you know, did so well against Liverpool as well. You have to remember that Liverpool were flying at that time. Um, and, you know, they won all of the cups basically that season. Um, and we managed to score against them when actually other teams such as Barcelona uh, didn't manage it. No, it sounds fantastic. Really great to be able to sort of make memories and who knows uh, what's still to come on the remainder of this season as well. Don't forget on next week's show, uh, Bob will be uh, reliving his, his Louisiana experience, <laughs> tasting the food, seeing the sights, smelling the smells and uh, chatting to uh, Rob and hopefully Missy Kuig as well. There's, there's the chance that you could get to go to the bookshop a bit later on as well, the hallowed bookshop. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and of course, I'm looking forward to, uh, to meeting the Kuhids Higgs dogs as well uh, and finding out whether or not they wear uh, Wiccan Wanderers dog leads. You've got to hope so, haven't you? You would think so, yes. Or dog leashes, as they're, they're probably called here. Yes, good local knowledge there as well. Thank you very oh, much. Yes, yes. And we'll speak to you next week. Uh, yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, go Pelicans, as they say over here.